0: If you dare.
1: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting, this is Point Spread Saturday on VSN, the sports betting network.
2: It's a great day to be alive and it's a great day to be a better. And folks, Saturday, of course, is always for the best. Welcome inside to Point Spread Saturday. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah coming to you from the v studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Make sure to tweet at the show at v live or at Femi Abebefe and definitely tweet at Amal Shaw 1 because he is scrolling his Twitter timeline right now looking for your Feedback and questions for today's Week 9 slate in the college football season. We've got a jam-packed show. Picks coming up, of course, at the top of the second hour. Mark Zinno of Sports Grid TV will be joining us. He's our SEC correspondent. Big weekend in the Southeastern Conference. We'll break it all down. Plus six ranked teams in the 9 a.m. window we have here today. So a lot of good football teams. National title implications. Heisman implications. We are here to serve you as we try to find value in this week nine slate a mall this is a slate that you've been excited about for a few weeks now what stands out to you as we kick off football here in about four hours
4: yeah obviously michigan michigan state's gonna be a great matchup ohio state penn state but the game i'm looking most forward to is the auburn Ole miss game i think this game is gonna be highly competitive i think auburn has flown under the radar for a long time right now you know everyone talks about matt corral Ole miss and lane train But this Auburn team, if you look at their two losses against Georgia and against Penn State, I know a little bit of luster on the Penn State game has come off now because of the loss against the Illini. But give them credit. They were competitive in that one. This team's got an opportunity to win this game and really set up a showdown in the SEC West uh, in the Iron Bowl in the last weekend of November.
2: Yeah, what a game that could be if it's Auburn and Alabama out there with the chance to see who comes out of the SEC West and takes on likely Georgia in Atlanta there in December. But that line right now, Auburn's a three-point favorite, total of 66 and a half. What do you make of that line? Or maybe it could be the total that jumps out to you. With We've been seeing these Ole Miss totals in the 70s, but Auburn's defense has really shown out well. So maybe that's why we're looking at a lower number here today.
4: Yeah, I think, you know, you look at the game last week, their, their number was so far out of whack, didn't even come close. But the reality of it is Auburn's defense is far better than a lot of the opponents Ole Miss has faced thus far, and I think that's why you're seeing it reflected at 66-and-a-half. Both these quarterbacks very mobile, uh, can throw the ball on the run, should be a lot of fun to see how this one plays out.
2: Yeah, Ole Miss 5-2 and two against the spread. Auburn 4-3. and three. ATS, another showcase opportunity for one Matt Corral, the quarterback at Ole Miss. We'll break down our Heisman watch in the second hour and see if there's any value outside of the Corral Young favorite category there with the Heisman Trophy. But another game in the SEC. We're going to get Mark Zeno's thoughts on this Ole Miss-Auburn game, but also the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Georgia taking on the Florida Gators. Georgia a 14-point favorite with a total of 51 them yeah, all
4: to be a great matchup you know i know a lot of people are saying it's funny, if you listen to the Georgia people, you would think this is the greatest team to ever play college football. <laughs> but the reality of it is Florida has dominated, and I mean dominated. Remember, Spurrier was 11-1 and against the Georgia Bulldogs. So I expect to see a competitive game here. We've seen Florida have so much success in this series. They crushed Georgia last year. And I think this is one of those games where if people are thinking the Gators are not going to show up, it's going to be a mistake. I love Florida's chances in this game. I know a lot of people probably think it's going to be blowout city, but Georgia's offense has got to show some ability. Remember, mm-hmm. against Clemson, and Clemson's an elite defense. They, sc- they didn't score an offensive touchdown. I mean, you know, this team, the one thing that they're going to have to do if they face an Alabama, they face uh, a team like Oklahoma in the playoff, they're going to have to score into the 30s, and it's going to be interesting to see how they do today against a weaker Florida defense.
2: Yeah, we're seeing right now Georgia is minus 600 on the money line. I'm sure they'll be included in a lot of money line parlays throughout the weekend. We have a big UFC card going on in Abu Dhabi later on today. Also, the NFL action we have tomorrow. So Georgia could be in kind of the sports equinox parlay with the World Series also taking place in Atlanta later on uh, this evening.
4: Yeah, I don't even even know the World Series is going on <laughs> does anybody actually care about Houston Atlanta
2: uh, I don't think they do I think they're more focused on this Georgia Bulldogs uh, no, the, the, the most
4: prominent team in the state of Georgia it's not even close to the yeah. Georgia Bulldogs even in the Atlanta area I don't even think you might have
2: they might actually have a sellout for once in Atlanta <laughs> what's funny is that the story goes that the Atlanta Falcons went to red and, and black because of the popularity of the Georgia Bulldogs they knew that that was the team there, and that's why they went to uh, those colors when they, they, were they should try in winning exception yeah well that's that's a whole nother thing the visa Consensus play agrees with you, though, Amal. Florida is the consensus play for V. You can get that information at Point Spread Weekly, which you should be subscribed to already. If you're not, you're doing this whole thing wrong. But interesting of note, the favorite 5-1 and one in the last six games between these two teams. Now, Florida, you have said, has been the more dominant team. We saw what they did last year. Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, that uh, Kadarius Tony. that offense was so explosive. But what do you make of that as the favorite always kind of outperforming market expectations in this rivalry game?
4: Well, look, I mean, for me, that doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. I mean, you know, four years in college football and the whole roster, coaches turnover, that for me is not a big deal. But the biggest thing is the fact that so many times – you catch teams, these are usually not this high of a spread, right? It's it's whoever's going to win is going to cover the number, generally yeah. speaking, simply because the way the line usually sits. Now, this one's a little bit out of whack compared to what we've seen in years past. Uh, it's going to really come down to can Florida's defense, excuse me, offense move the ball against this Georgia defense? That's going to be the key. Can they run the ball effectively the way they did against Alabama? Is Jordan
2: Davis the best player in the country? No. You don't think so? You ever heard of Kayvon Thibodeau? I've heard of Kayvon Thibodeau. Okay. But then, you seen, then you wouldn't be asking have, that question. Have you seen what Jordan Davis – I asked you that question because what Jordan Davis has done on the line of scrimmage, absolutely wrecking teams' chances on the ground game, he's leading the best defense in the country, that what we believe at least is the best defense in the country. This guys, you mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau. He'll probably be the number one overall pick, but Davis is going to be a top ten pick, if not top five. I well, I don't. I haven't seen.
4: I haven't seen a single projection having him in the top five. But also, Thibodeau is Thibodeau is going to be better than Chase Young. You Thibodeau, so. Thibodeau is a game wrecker. He is an absolute difference maker. I mean, he didn't even play in that game against Ohio State. If you watch the UCLA game last weekend when he came in, uh, he he was out of series. He comes in. It, it's just an absolute difference in terms of what he does, how he impacts the game from a defensive standpoint. Listen, Davis is outstanding. Um, He's having a tremendous year. He's a lot of fun to watch. But to me, Thibodeau's at a different level.
2: Most bet game of the day at BetMGM, Michigan against Michigan State. It's a top 10 showdown out in East Lansing. We're going to break this one down in depth in about 10 minutes here, but I'm all early thoughts with this game between the Spartans and the Wolverines. Right now, Michigan a four-point favorite on the road. I don't have any because I haven't seen much of these two teams play. The reality of it is outside of that
4: Michigan-Nebraska game where they were challenged in the fourth quarter, Adrian Martinez thinking he's the world's strongest man trying to move the pile <laughs> 70 yards against Michigan's <laughs> defense and putting the ball on the turf. Look, the reality is there are a lot of teams that could have played Michigan and Michigan State schedule all 14 games and be 7-0. and I mean, these two teams haven't been challenged. Who have you looked at on the schedule and say, wow, this is a team that they beat I'm really impressed with? We'll find out how good either one of these teams is today when they face off in East Lansing. But i, I got to see it once these two teams face off against Penn State and against Ohio State. Still a lot of question marks for me surrounding this team. Can Cade McNamara, if his team falls behind 10 points, can he throw the football and bring his team back? Remains to be seen. I think Walker's been unbelievable. The acquisition from... Uh, Wake Forest has been the difference for this Michigan State team. They finally have speed. You know, you think of Michigan State, you think of guys that are strong in terms mm-hmm. of running the football, but not necessarily speed, and that's what we see this time around with Walker. Can Peyton Thorne make the throws when necessary against a very good Michigan defense? I think the defense is elite for Michigan, but the question is, who have they faced off against offensively? you sit there and say, wow, I'm afraid these guys are going to put up 30 against
2: anyone else? You mentioned Ohio State, Penn State. That leads us to the game right here. Perfect transition from you there out in Columbus. I know the game that Amal will have his eyeballs on. The Buckeyes, a 19.5 point favorite against the Nittany Lions. Total of 60.5 in that game. That's the primetime ABC game out there in Columbus. Early thoughts on this one in the Big Ten East. Yeah, I think you're going to get an idea
4: very quickly in this game uh, whether Penn State covers or Ohio State covers. If Ohio State's able to move the ball effectively on the first two series of the game when they have the football, and it looks like Penn State's not really stopping them, I think the Buckeyes will be able to name their offensive score. On the flip side, the Penn State offense, if they can run the ball a little bit, get Dotson involved, uh, let's see how improved the Ohio State defense is since they made the uh, change from uh, Kerry Coombs from defensive coordinator. Let's see what they can do. So. To me, I look at this game, I would, if I had to take this game, I would take Penn State plus 19 and a half before I lay the 19 and a half. Because Penn State traditionally has played Ohio State extremely close, extremely competitively. Uh, there was the one aberration several years back, 63 to 14, the Buckeyes won in Columbus. But the majority of these games are tight. Even last year, the Buckeyes jump out early. We see Penn State fight back in that one. I think that was 38-25 or somewhere along the lines. So, this is one to keep your eye on, especially from an in game perspective. You can, let's say Ohio State goes on scores, you're going to get Penn State over 20 something points.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's hard to pass up on that. Yeah, Penn State obviously coming off of that embarrassing nine-overtime loss last week to Illinois. We'll break that game down in depth on the other side. But a big 12 game I want to get to here, Amal, before we get our first break. Texas taking on Baylor. Baylor right now a two-and-a-half-point favorite, total of sixty one and a half. We did odds-on together on Monday, and I said that this line looked a little short. The market agreed, went up to three, then went back to two-and-a-half. What do, do you think there's the, why the resistance is there for Baylor against this Texas team? I have no idea, honestly.
4: I mean, Baylor has played particularly well at home. They've been extremely competitive. Bohan's done a great job for them at quarterback. They've gotten better in terms of outgaining opponents. That was the one thing, Femi, when you look at early on. Iowa State outgained it by 200 yards, but they found a way to win the football game. They've gotten better and better as the season has progressed. Nobody has talked about Dave Aranda's team. It has probably been the most under-the-radar football team we've seen all year. The other thing I would point to is Texas. Where are they at emotionally? Remember, they lose the Red River. They blow that lead in the second half. They fold against Oklahoma State. Now you've got to play a team that looks at you as their biggest game of the year in Baylor. Just about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes up the road in Waco. or Not even that far, actually. But uh, the point is, this is a huge game for Baylor. they got a chance to go to 7-1, and one, and nobody's talking about this team for the Big 12 title. Yeah. Here's an opportunity. You win this game. You put yourself in the driver's seat for a showdown against Boomer Sooner. They've got a great
2: opportunity here. Yeah, great opportunity for Baylor. These games, that's what's so great about college football is we're now in the end of October, heading into November. There's national title implications. We'll break that down in the futures market. There's Heisman implications. Now, Texas' B. John Robinson probably out of the Heisman after they lost to Oklahoma in the Red River Showdown and then followed that up with a loss to Oklahoma State at home. But... The big games and the Big Ten, them all, is what we have our eyes on in the next segment. And those games definitely have national title and Heisman implications with C.J. Stroud, Kenneth Walker III, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we are rolling along here on Point Spread Saturday. On the other side, we take a look at the Big Ten East. Who's going to come out of it and represent the Big Ten East in Indianapolis? We'll break that all down here with two games with two top 25 teams taking on each other, starting at East Lansing. At 9 a.m. Pacific Time. It is Point Spread Saturday here on VCNV, Sports Betting Network.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
1: This is Point Spread Saturday on v the sports
4: betting network.
2: The new episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod features a preview of next week's Breeders' Cup at Del Mar with trainers Mark Cassie and Wayne Catalano, plus XBTV handicapper Jeremy Plonk. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook's Johnny Avello handicaps races this weekend. Subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or download it Friday morning at com slash podcast. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. Point spread Saturday rolling along here on VC, the sports betting network. Femi and Bebefe alongside Amal Shaw, Week 9 in college football. The slate that we've all been looking forward to. And one of the reasons why, two of the reasons actually why we've been looking forward to this slate is the big games out in the big 10 east starting in east lansing number six michigan taking on number eight michigan state right now the wolverines four point favorites with a total sitting at 51 i believe it's even 50 and a half in some places here actually the consensus now is 50 and a half you can't really find 51s anymore in the market but two teams them all both seven and no straight up both six and one against the spread clearly expectations were low. That's kind of the reason why you see ATS records like that because they haven't really been world beaters, one could say. But you're really wanting to evaluate both of these teams just because of the strength of schedule or lack thereof thus far this season.
4: Yeah, when you look at Michigan's schedule, and go through it real quick, Western Michigan, Washington, Northern Illinois, Rutgers, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern, which one of these teams is an offensive, has a pulse outside of Western Michigan?
2: Uh, I would say none especially yeah. the team out there in the Pacific Northwest.
4: And, I mean, you know, obviously we know uh, Caleb in what he, in terms of what he can do with the Broncos, they had that great road win against Pittsburgh. But other than that, I mean, there's not a single team that scares you offensively, and it's the same thing can be said for Michigan State. And if you look at the two teams, probably the best win of either of these two teams combined is Michigan State in Week 3 at uh, Miami. But even that one, the luster has gone off a little bit. So yeah. I, I just don't uh, get the affinity for both of these teams right now uh, but look, they're ranked where they are simply because they're undefeated and give them credit because there's a lot of teams that have played some weak schedules and haven't gotten to that point yet. I mean, they have actually have a weaker schedule than Baylor at this point in time. both of these teams. Baylor's at least played Iowa State. Uh, so I, I kind of want to see how they fare against uh, teams that are comparable to them. So we'll see what uh, kind of which team can minimize mistakes, which team can convert on third down and then can't make critical penalties. from
2: a betting perspective, With the line at four, the total at fifty and a half, do you see any value in there? Or if you had to make a play in this game,
4: which side would you lean on? I wouldn't. I would wait until this game goes in in play. There's just I, I honestly I don't know what either team is. I mean, I know Cade McNamara sucks. I'm not worried about him beating Ohio State. I can tell you right now. It's amazing when you think about the tradition of quarterbacks, and I'm not just talking about Tom Brady. I'm talking about the guys that have come in there that have played in the league. I mean, the Golden Boy never turned out to be as good as everyone thought he was going to be, in Drew Henson, Mm -hmm. but we've seen Henny have a a long career in the NFL. Brian Greasy is a Rose Bowl MVP, won a national championship, had a tremendous run at Michigan. They just don't have that anymore in terms of quarterback play. The running back play has gotten better with Haskins. He's been terrific. But they lost Ronnie Bell at the wide receiver position early on. That was a big blow. I think this is the type of game you could maybe feel that impact. You've had enough time to get everyone else up to speed. But I want to see what the Wolverines can do in a critical game. They have not delivered. Remember, this is a team that has not won a road game against a top 10 opponent since 2006. Can they change that trend right now is going to be the key to in this matchup. On the flip side,
2: can Peyton Thorne deliver when the chips are down? is Jim Harbaugh having like the quietest resurgence in the history of college football because he there was so much attention about this guy when he first came back to school going back to Ann Arbor supposed to take Michigan to the playoff now they obviously fell short and they tapered off over the last couple of years here but just based on how they're playing this year, you'd think that this would be such a, a much bigger story than it is, at least, during this college football season.
4: Yeah, I would agree with you, but I think the failures of Michigan in the big games is why it's not getting a lot of the pub. because if People you look, are waiting to yeah, see. Yeah, because their schedule is backloaded. Now, look, if they were on the table, they beat Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State. I don't think anyone's going to question them. And look, to me... The idea that Jim Harbaugh is not a good coach, I I think, is absolutely a fallacy. You know, he did well when he was with San Diego. He did well at Stanford. Mm -hmm. We know the success he had at San Francisco with the 49ers. Part of the problem at Michigan is twofold. Number one, this is the most overrated in the history of sports. Think about this. In any other sport, if a team has won one national title or one championship in 71 years, you wouldn't talk about them. Actually, 73 years. You've got to go back to 1948 outside of the 97 season. Michigan gets more run and more pub just based on who they are than anything else. I still think he's a very good coach, and this is a very good program. It's just the problem is right now you've got a team in Ohio State that's an Upper echelon, top three, top four program every year, year in and year out. That that's the only thing he beats Michigan. Excuse me, Ohio State this year, along with these other teams
2: I mentioned. I mean, they might sign up to a hundred-year extension. Uh, that's if he beats exactly, Ohio State.
4: that's, that's exactly. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you know, John Cooper was tremendous at Ohio State, couldn't beat his rival. Mack Brown had tremendous success at Texas, struggled against Bob Stoops in Oklahoma. I think sometimes people. I, I get it. You got to beat your rival, but I don't think people realize sometimes you're facing off against some teams and programs that are just better than you. Same thing, you know. Mark Richt in Georgia had to go against Spur, uh, Urban Meyer and company, not Spurrier, but uh, Urban Meyer and those guys. So, yeah, I, I think, give them credit, they've done a great job so far this year. But this is a game. This is so important. And by the way, I said right now, if Michigan State wins this game, this is the worst thing that ever happened to LSU football. Why? Because they're going to hire Mel Tucker, and Mel Tucker's not a good coach. That's the bottom line. <laughs> you're going to find out real quickly. If you're an LSU fan, you are praying Michigan wins today. Because let me tell you something. You think something. This will be Mel Tucker will be third job in three years or however many jobs he's had? You know, nobody has benefited financially more from having a mediocre schedule. What were they, 5-7 and at Colorado? This guy's the Peter Principle at its finest. He's found himself up at a level that he probably shouldn't be at as a head coach, even at Michigan State. How the hell are you 5-7 and at Colorado, and then you wind up at Michigan
2: State? Mark D'Antonio leaves at a time that's not advantageous for the people that are hiring. I guess that's what happens.
4: Yeah, but you know what? Then you know what you do. <laughs> then, then you either hire somebody within the program instead of overpaying. I, I don't understand these athletic directors who overpay for these coaches constantly. They acquiesce to these agents. I, t- I tell you right now. You remember when Ed Orgeron threatened one of the callers to dig a hole for you know dig a hole for him? They should have dug a hole for Ed Orgeron. <laughs>
2: Michigan notoriously has called Michigan State little brother. Well, little brother is 2-13 and 13 ATS in the last 15 conference home games. However, they have covered 5-6 of six against Michigan. I know you're not a huge trends guy, but this no. Michigan State team can really, if they keep this game close, possibly win the game. I mean, do you think that they're live in this game just based off of oh, yeah, not being sold on Michigan?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I, look, I think both the if you're betting Michigan State today, you have to take a shot at the plus 170. You're okay. not going into this game going, well, you know, I think the uh, Sparty loses by one, two, or three. No, if you're if that's the case, you think they got a great shot to, to win the win football the game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have no doubt about that. You referenced the Mike Hart comment about beating Little Brother. By the way, Mike Hart, 0-4 against Ohio State. I guess he doesn't want to face Big Daddy come November 27th.
2: There's <laughs> Little Brother, there's Big Daddy, in the Big Ten. This is how it all unfolds. The winner of this game, though, in my opinion, will probably be the team that is, emerges as the challenger to Ohio State in the Big Ten East. If you had to make a line on a neutral field, Michigan against o- Ohio State and Michigan State against Ohio State, what would that line be? I would say
4: Sparty's probably about the same, uh, at a neutral site, 17, 18 against Ohio State, and Michigan probably, uh, probably about 11 or 12. There you have it. There you have it. I mean, I have no idea. Listen, I could be dead wrong. They might be three-point favorites, God willing,
2: but I don't think that's (laughs) going to be the case. Interesting note, uh, David Perdom over at ESPN wrote a really interesting article about how this game is being bet in the state of Michigan at DraftKings on the money line. The Spartans are seeing 9-1 to tickets on the money line. Now, granted, obviously you'd get a bigger return than if you were to bet Michigan on the money line playing that minus price there, but at Caesars, 94% 94% of the money has come in also on the Spartans at plus four over in the state of Michigan. So, this one is a heavily bet game in that
4: state. And rightfully so. Look, I think this is a great opportunity if you really believe in the Spartans. And if you forget the plus four, you got a great chance at a team at plus 170. If you think Michigan State's the better team, you got a gift here in terms of the number. Normally speaking, Sparty 7 and 0 should be a favorite against any opponent yeah. they face at home, generally speaking. But uh, Michigan obviously comes in with a lot of – credit as well for what they've been able to accomplish it's going to be a lot of fun to see i will say this i feel like michigan state is a little bit more tested in the game situation because of the situation down in miami mm-hmm. that was a tight game until about five six minutes left and then we see sparty pull away maybe a little bit more time than that but uh when you look at michigan they've been dominant in their football games they haven't really faced anybody so we'll find out what happens in a close situation
2: i'm looking forward to seeing this game i mean the best thing about this game is we're gonna have gus johnson joe clad on the game i mean honestly the atmosphere should be fun out there at East Lansing. Real quick here, Maul, about 80 seconds. Penn State taking on Ohio State. Buckeyes 19 and a half point favorites. Total of 60 and a half. What stands out to you in this matchup?
4: i tell you this. The Buckeyes, their last 17 offensive possessions over three games, they've scored 16 touchdowns and one field goal is Penn State good enough to be able to not, not get stops, but can their offense score touchdowns when they have the opportunity? You're going to have to do that against Ohio State. For me, the thing about this matchup is Ohio State's defense improved. If the mm-hmm. Buckeyes' defense has improved enough to where they really stymie Penn State, then they got a chance to make a deep run in terms of the national title. But if not, then I think they could be in trouble, and Penn State's not only going to have a chance to be able to cover this number, potentially pull off a shocker. The wow. problem remains is, well, if it's if the Ohio State defense looks like it did against Oregon. But if this defense has improved, uh, You're going to have a hard time if you don't get home. C.J. Stroud's only been sacked five times, whereas Bryce Young has been sacked 16 times. Mm -hmm. This offensive line is elite. And this, the, across the board, they have elite talent. It's going to be tough for Penn State unless they're scoring touchdowns when they get
2: opportunities across the 50. Yeah, that offense is elite in general for the Buckeyes out there in Columbus. We'll break that game down in more in-depth on the other side. Plus, talk about the biggest line moves at Circa from the openers. It is point spread Saturday on a big week number nine slate in the college football season. You're watching VCD Sports Betting Network.
4: This is Point Spread Saturday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Welcome back. This segment of Point Spread Saturday is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen nicotine pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Point spread Saturday. Rolling along here from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino Femi and Bebefei Amal Shaw Week 9 college football. On the other side, we were just getting into our preliminary thoughts of number 20 Ohio State, or rather number 20 Penn State, taking on number 5 Ohio State. That game kicking off 4.30 p.m. Pacific time over out there in Columbus. Nittany Lions 1-9 in nine ATS in their last 10 road games against top 5 opponents. A tough spot for this team. They're coming off of the 9 overtime loss to Illinois. a period. That was a quote look ahead spot for them in that game at home against the Fighting Illini. How do you see this Penn State team bouncing back? Now James Franklin says that Sean Clifford should be 100 percent for this game today. How do you see them kind of getting off the turf after that devastating loss last week at home?
4: You know, look, the whole season still is in front of them because when you when you look at the situation now, it's going to. They have two losses in in conference play, but still. If they knock off Ohio State here, Ohio State's going to be eliminated from the college football playoffs, so there's a possibility mm-hmm. they slip slip up along the way. You know Michigan and Michigan State, one of those teams is going to walk out with the loss. You're hoping that Ohio State knocks off both of those teams. So there could be a possibility they could still become get to the Big Ten conference uh, game, but probably not likely. They still have a lot to play for, though. I just think, though, losing to Illinois at home, is inexcusable if you're Penn State. Well, it should just never happen. Their defense (laughs) played well enough. I think, what was it, 10-10 going into overtime? (laughs) How do you manage 10 points offensively when you have arguably one of the best weapons in the Big Ten? Uh, They should have taken care of business against this team. And then remember, in overtime periods, 3 through 7, where it's all two-point attempts, they were 0 for 5. Mm-hmm. Their defense came up with five stops, but you couldn't score one time against them. So if you're Penn State, and I go back to the uh, comment James Franco made a couple of years ago, which I thought was a very accurate statement. He goes, we are a very good football team or a very good football program, but he goes, we are not elite, and they are not elite, and that's the problem right now. Penn State hasn't been elite for a while. I know, you know, obviously in and around the state of Pennsylvania, they expect that to be. That's the flagship school within that state. But right now, Pittsburgh's the one carrying the mantle in that state. Yeah. And this is, you know, a Penn State team... You don't want to get your doors blown off with Narduzzi's team doing well because now all of a sudden Pittsburgh, which is a hotbed of recruiting for state, for the guys in State College, it, it, this is an important game. But I think it's going to be tough for them today because I don't think they have enough offensive firepower to necessarily keep pace. But with that being said, Femi, it's hard to lay almost 20 points against a team with this caliber defense.
2: Yeah, they're catching 19.5 points, total of 60.5. Is there anything from the total perspective that you would play here? Do you maybe look to go – under based on Penn State's prowess on defense or do you think that they're just gonna have too tough of a time stopping this Ohio State team and Ohio State can maybe name their score and maybe put up 40 45 points
4: yeah look I think Penn State's gonna score into the 20s so I think if you I would lean towards the over here you know for me I I think this game if you bet it within the first two possessions for both sides Mm -hmm. you're going to get an idea how this game plays out if you're Penn State in the first two possessions in my opinion as bad as Ohio State's defense has been at times this year you got to score in the first two possessions and if you're Penn State you might give up seven in the first two possessions but it can't be a scenario where the other possession Ohio State got down deep and had a turnover or turnover on downs inside your red zone if the Buckeyes look like Olave and Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigbar open on every play you're going to be in trouble.
2: Lave, who we're hoping, still makes a push for the Heisman. Just kidding. I don't want to get you riled up. Just kidding. Riled just, up. Kidding. I, just kidding.
4: Just <laughs> kidding. You're not going to me riled up. I Just do me a favor next time in 2022
2: before you make some of these Heisman bets on non-quarterbacks. Just consult with me first, please. I'll make sure to keep that in mind next summer when I'm filling out my card for the Heisman. Real quick here, Amal. Uh, the Visa consensus play says Penn State is the look. You're getting all those points. Buckeyes the best team in the country. No, you can't say that because uh, first of all, I, I think they're right up there. I,
4: I think Oklahoma deserves credit for still being undefeated. They played a far more challenging schedule than um, than uh, Georgia has thus far. I mean, I mean, t-
2: but they also almost lost to Kansas.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Georgia's not doing that. No, but the difference between Oklahoma and Alabama and Ohio State is they don't have a loss. I mean, you have to give credit to a team for winning football games. Yeah. you know, in the NFL, nobody ever says Arizona's. You know, they they're seven and zero. Nobody cares the fact that they beat Houston. They just care if you won or lost. So, uh, I think I think um, excuse me, Georgia's right there. I think there's a bunch of teams, uh, and I don't think there's an LSU type of team this year. I don't think there's an Alabama of last year. Remember, the Bama had a tough game against. Uh, Florida in the SEC Championship. Yeah. What was that,
2: 51 46? Yeah, no, that was a heck of a game down there in Atlanta. I said it out to you on, on uh, Odds On on Monday, which you can watch from 11 to 12 here on VC and Sports Banking Network Monday through Friday. I think the story at the end of the day today is going to be that welcome back Ohio State that I think Ohio State vaults themselves in that discussion with Georgia and Alabama in terms of best team in the country. Well, Circa, one of the cool things they do is always their first to market with these college football lines every Sunday morning. So let's take a look at some of the biggest line moves from what happened Sunday Sunday to now as we are approaching kickoff in about three and a half hours. And the one of the games I really wanted to ask you about is this game between Minnesota and Northwestern. The Golden Gophers, four-point favorites they opened up. Now that's out to seven and a half against Northwestern on the road. Do you agree with that line movement, and what do you make of it? I, I agree completely.
4: Uh, I think this is absolutely right at the line open a little bit too low. I was surprised when you showed the opener here at four. Because when you look at Northwestern, outside of the Rutgers game, this team can't move the football. They really struggle. Minnesota's solid. You know what hurt mm-hmm. Minnesota was? The loss against Bowling Green. Yeah, that's and, so brutal. And that really was. <laughs> and then losing Ibrahim was a big loss in terms of the running game. This is still a very solid team. I'm not a big Tanner Morgan guy, but he's effective. He gets the job done. They, they have done a really nice job here. So this number, I think, is correct. Seven and a half is two and a half for me to lay. But if you're, you mentioned earlier with the Georgia money line. If you're a money line player, not thrilled about taking them on the road as a money line, but against mm-hmm. Northwestern, I have no qualms
2: with that. Baylor is a pick out to two and a half it went out to three in some points you said that you didn't really you don't agree with now it bouncing back from Texas so you do agree with the line movement of Baylor from yeah. the initial move of being a pick in this game at home against the Longhorns yeah look the best
4: player offensively in college football my money is still Bijan Robinson but mm-hmm. the better team is Baylor at this point in time you know Femi, it's hard for a team to get up for a matchup once you've had that collapse that you did against Oklahoma. I'm telling you right now, if they beat the Sooners, they beat Oklahoma State. That loss is an effect of the loss in, in the Red River.
2: Yeah, no, that was a devastating one. I mean, they were, they were at least covering until they let them score with a one yeah. second left there to end the game. That was definitely a, one of the better Red River games, that I think, in history. Honestly, I, I, the I've been
4: to a lot of those games. That was the best game I've ever seen in the Red River, and there have been wow. some great ones. Yeah, no, that's
2: a, a storied rivalry down there in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, in the ACC, Georgia Tech, they opened a pick at home against Virginia Tech. That line now is Yellow Jackets by four. What do you make of that line movement at all?
4: Uh, I think the move is correct, but I think it's a little bit too high. I understand the move. You know, we talked about, I just mentioned the Texas collapse. Mm -hmm. I said the same thing about Virginia Tech when they lost to Notre Dame. That was a game just like Oklahoma. They were leading the, uh, the entire way the way Texas was, and they collapsed late against the Irish, and then that game against Pittsburgh, they looked punchless. Uh, I can see why people are on Jeff Sims and company. He's done a nice job for this offense. Jeff Collins is the head coach. This Georgia Tech team's had a bit of a resurgence. They're still ways away from being able to compete with their in-state rival of Georgia. But to me, four is a little bit high. I, I still think this Hokies team is not bad. And, you know, here's the problem if you're Virginia Tech. Justin Fuente is a pedestrian coach. What yeah. do you do? Do you stay with the guy where you're going to be 7-5? and five, You're not going to win the league? Do you make a change? Who do you bring in to Blacksburg? That's the big question mark.
2: It almost feels like the worst thing that happened to Virginia Tech was beating North Carolina. Yeah, it, that's it, a great point. It, it gave Absolutely. him a false sense of hope that, wow, that's a things could be turning. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> it's uh, interesting how that one all shakes out there. Sometimes when you win, you actually lose. I think that's a, a line from uh, White Men Can't Jump. Uh, Rutgers <laughs> taking on Illinois. This one flipped dog to favorite. Rutgers was plus two on the open, now minus one and a half against the Fighting Lionite in Champaign. Two teams that aren't super impressive. Rutgers has kind of slowed down after the initial surge to start this regular season. What do you think of them now laying one and a half there on the road?
4: Yeah, I think this move is about as bad as Billy Ho's uh, leaping ability. The reality of it to me me is I I don't understand this move. Why is Rutgers a road favorite against the Illini? Femi, in their last four games, they've scored 46 points on offense. Now you could sit there and say, well, they played Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan. They broke seven against Northwestern. Okay, (laughs) now I know you're smarter than me, and you didn't sit through and watch that game. I watched that game in its entirety, and let me tell you something. That's three. Yeah, so am I. That's three hours of my like life I'd like to have back. I I just don't get it. I I really, really don't. I love the Illini in this spot, uh, spot catching a point and a half here. I think they win this football game. It it has nothing to do with last week. I do think it helps you go into this week in terms of your preparation. I just don't get why Rutgers is a road favorite here. I mean, if you look at, they won their first three games of the year since that point in time, they've struggled.
2: Yeah, that's that one. I think that could be just a money line play. Forget the plus one and a half; just play it on the money line if you can find a plus one hundred five, plus one hundred ten, even, depending on where you do your betting. But those are the biggest line moves of the week, courtesy of Circa. Appreciate the guys out there on the other side. National title implications across the board, so we go through a market check in the national title odds and odds to make the college football playoff with the committee putting out their first rankings on Tuesday. It is VEASAN here, the Sports Betting Network.
1: searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iheart radio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote this is point spread
4: saturday on vsin the sports betting network
2: some great news for our Colorado-based VEASAN fans. We have partnered with Altitude Sports Radio and starting Monday all of your favorite VEASAN shows, including this one, can be heard live on Altitude Radio 950 AM in Denver. We are extremely excited about this partnership that brings VEASAN to a great sports city with a growing audience of sports betters. Tune in to hear all VEASAN shows live on Altitude Radio 950 AM in Denver starting Monday. Exciting times for the company, the network, and We're only expanding, folks. VEASAN all in your ears. It is Point Spread Saturday here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Femi and Bebefei Amal coming to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. It's time for a little market check. National title implications all around with the big showdowns. We have largest outdoor cocktail, Paul Bunyan trophies up for grabs, Penn State, Ohio State, and Columbus. So... Figured it's a good time to check in on those national title odds from DraftKings. Right now, courtesy DraftKings, Georgia is the favorite at plus 120, Alabama plus 260, Ohio State plus 550, Oklahoma's 15 to 1, Cincinnati 25 to 1, Michigan 35 to 1, Oregon 55 to 1, Pitt, Kenny Pickett 60 to 1 there. But Amal, I want to ask you, I'm going to take you in a different direction. We're talking national title odds, but I heard you earlier this week on Odds On. And you were saying that a one-loss Georgia team might miss the playoff. Now, I want to give you your chance to explain yourself, because to me that sounded just absolutely wild. What scenario do you think has to play out for that to take place to where a one-loss Georgia Bulldogs team misses out on the CFP?
4: Alabama beats them in the SEC title game. Ohio State runs the table. Oklahoma is going to probably run the table now. And then if Oregon runs the table, you have four conference champions. Uh, Georgia looks at the, looks around and has no conference championship. Mm-hmm. Those four teams are getting in over Georgia. You think so? They give a lot more weight to conference championships than they do anything else. If you lose your conference title game against Alabama, why would you? Why do they deserve to get in over Oregon, who's got the best win in college football so far, Ohio State, who looks like one of the best teams, and Oklahoma would be
2: undefeated? I hear what you're saying, and I agree. Inherently, I would agree with you, but based on what we've seen from the committee and them saying unequivocally better, I can see them making that argument to where Georgia would be unequivocally better. Right now, Georgia, minus 1,200 to make the college football playoff. So you think there's value in that no of plus 750? If you think that Alabama can beat them in the SEC title game, would you play that a plus 750 if they don't make
4: it? Yeah, I would. I have Georgia to win the SEC, but I would also take the no here at plus 750. You're sitting there. Let me ask you this question: Which team are you referencing that made the college football playoff, where there were two, where there were teams without two losses that they uh, that they got in in front of? There's not a team with one loss or no losses that you're going to catapult that's won a conference
2: championship, and you're sitting out there with one loss but didn't win your league. Because the reason why I think it would be difficult for them to leave Georgia out is because if they don't lose until that game, they will have gone. 14 straight weeks of being the quote-unquote best team in college football. One afternoon loss to Alabama erases all of that.
4: 2003, Oklahoma was the best team in college football, until they played Kansas State in the Big 12 title game. They got an opportunity for a rematch. Hell, they shouldn't have been in that game. That should have been USC-LSU all day, right, yeah. for the national championship. You've seen this so many times. Nebraska was a very, very good team. They get a rematch against uh, – they get an opportunity after giving up, what, 69 to Colorado to play Miami They get their doors blown off. All I'm saying is you've got to win your league. There's a lot of credibility given to that. The, the other thing is – Which team are you leaving out at that point in time? Oregon's going to make the argument we have the best win in college football. Ohio State's going to sit there and say we're the best team in college football. And then Oklahoma's undefeated. Alabama's getting in because they're Alabama, but they've also won the league. They've beaten you head to head. head. So out of those two teams, okay, are you taking Oregon
2: over Ohio State? I think they leave Oregon out is what happens.
4: And, thing, and, I'm, and listen, I'm a Pac-12 guy. No, no, no. I would love for them to get – I think they leave Oregon out. I, I said in 2014 it was a travesty that Ohio State got in over – and I'm an Ohio State guy. Yeah. Right? I went
2: to school at Ohio State. Hell of a team, though.
4: No, <laughs> but it turned but, out to be. But that's yeah. that's not the point. How do you drop a team that wins a game by 50 points? Why? Because the Buckeyes won by 59? No, that was when they created the, the conference championship means more. So if that's point. the case, you can't reverse course eight years later and say it doesn't. And if you don't put Oregon in over Ohio State, if they both wind up with the same record and win their leagues, then why are we playing the games if you're not going to include head-to-head as a criteria then there's no reason to play the games let's just go ahead and before the season starts say georgia alabama clemson who sucks by the way and (laughs) ohio state you're in (laughs) Some people think that that's
2: what they do. <laughs> I mean, well, look, that's an argument. They, that the first year they
4: did it, right? Because who do you want to have in? Do you want to have Ohio State or do you want to have TCU, a small private yeah. school in Fort Worth, or do you want to have a school that brings an entire state and a faction of other forty-nine states that hate them, taking out Alabama
2: in yeah. a prime time
4: spot? Yeah, uh, TCU, Bama, <laughs> or Ohio State, Bama. And by the way, look, it turned out to be the right call when you look at Ohio State. The number of guys that have had success in the league off of that team has been yeah.
2: unbelievable. Yeah, no, that's a. It's to me, I just feel that. I find it hard to believe that they would go 14 weeks out of the year of everybody saying Georgia's the best team in the country, and then if they, and I again, if Alabama absolutely outclasses them and they win by 25, I can see that. But if it's a close field goal type of game, I mean, the line's probably going to be a pick or maybe Bama favored by one at the most. I would see to where they'd be like, "Wow, these are the two best teams in the country. Let's put them in the college football playoff, regardless what happens." Around the rest of the country and the other conference title games,
4: May, maybe. But let's see how they play today. But but here's the thing to me: Why is it that Georgia gets a pass on their schedule? Mm-hmm. I mean, Kentucky hasn't had an offense since uh, uh, John Calipari rolled the, rolled the basketball out. <laughs> they have no offense. Stoops has never had an offense there. Look, they played Arkansas. I get that. They did. A, their best win was the road win where they dominated Auburn. Yeah. It's not taking anything away from their accomplishment. But at the end of the day, you have to win your conference. That's the most important thing. That's a huge criteria. And if you don't beat Alabama, who's still got to go through a gauntlet of having play, I know LSU's not as good, but it's still a huge rivalry. You still have to play the Iron Bowl. They'll have wins on the road at Florida. Let's see how Georgia looks today against the Gators
2: in a neutral site, even though Jacksonville is a pseudo-home area for the Gators. Yeah, no, I think that's going to be the interesting thing. Georgia, another one of those teams that... Style points matter, and they're going to matter to the committee. The first college football rankings coming out on Tuesday will be fascinating to see how the committee sees these teams nine weeks into the regular season. You mentioned Oregon. Oregon right now is plus 650, and I know I said that I think Oregon would get left out. I actually made a bet on Oregon this week, uh, 80-1 to to win the national title. Now, I don't think they're going to actually win the national championship. It's more of a setup, a situation for me to hedge out of it and to protect myself against a situation where Georgia doesn't make it because I also have Georgia tickets to win the national title at 10-1. to what do you think of Oregon's chances? Do you think if Oregon runs the table, do you think they get in? I think they get in. I, I've said that all along because they're going to
4: they're gonna win their conference. It's a Power 5 league, and with the ACC being so far down – Because remember, Pittsburgh lost to Western Michigan. Uh, Oregon lost a road game on some controversial calls against Stanford. Yeah, they should have won that game. Yeah, the thing, the problem I have with Oregon is Anthony Brown. I just don't think he's a good enough quarterback. When you look at everyone else right now, Georgia's got two quarterbacks, in my opinion, that are ahead of him. Bama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Cincinnati, uh, uh, Pittsburgh. I would put all those other teams, those six out of seven teams, not including Michigan, with better quarterback play than
2: Oregon. Yeah, Oregon right now taking on Colorado this week, a 24.5-point favorite, total of 49.5. So the Ducks expected to cruise to victory in that game. Cincinnati is really the interesting one. They're taking on Tulane today. Now, I have a pick on this game. We'll reveal that in the second hour. But the Bearcats are 27.5-point favorites, total of 61. And this is a team that really needs to get some style points, especially after what we saw last week against Navy. They had that little bit of a scare there, only winning that game by a touchdown. Right now, the Bearcats at DraftKings, plus 135 to make the playoff, minus 155 on the no. Do you see any value in playing Cincinnati? It just To me, it feels like there's so many roadblocks and they need so much chaos to where I don't think I would want to play the yes on Cincinnati to make the college football playoff.
4: I think it's going to be very difficult for them. Now, the one thing they need is Notre Dame to run the table. They have a game at Stanford. Notre Dame could potentially wind up 11-1 and if they win that game at Stanford. I think that's the case because I believe they beat North Carolina today. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for the Bearcats to make it there. For them to make it, they're going to need Georgia to knock off Alabama. They're going to need Oregon to have another loss. And then you can look at Alabama, excuse me, uh, Georgia getting in, Uh, Oklahoma getting in, and then the Big Ten champion, uh, assuming Iowa runs the table with only one loss, or it's a Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State team Mm -hmm. with zero
2: or one losses, and then Cincinnati gets in. I am very fascinated to see what happens to these odds once the committee comes out with their rankings on Tuesday, because I think you'll see some shifting, and the committee's going to tell you what the paths actually are, because we've seen all the AP polls. Cincinnati's number two in the AP poll. I don't think that we're going to see them number two in the college football playoff rankings. Do you agree? Yeah,
4: I tend to agree with you there. It'll be interesting to see where they have them. It's unfortunate that Indiana's really had a down year for them.
2: And the yeah, one, that was the game that they needed.
4: You know, I get Ohio State has looked great, but the one argument I would make against the Buckeyes is they've done this against Rutgers, against Indiana, and I forgot the other Maryland. Yeah, also. Maryland, thank you. Yep. Maryland, right? I mean, who's not beaten all those teams by a million points? <laughs> you know, we're giving them credit for wins against
2: mediocre teams at best just because man. they're league teams. I mean, Stroud, some of the plays that he's been making, they've been throws on there. I've I seen agree. them on Twitter, and I'm like, whew, this now, kid looks like he's good, man. He, he is very good. He's <laughs> going
4: to be a first-round pick eventually. But the, the point is, you got you can only play who's on your schedule. And But we, we're giving the Buckeyes too much credit, and we're criticizing teams like Oklahoma and Oregon for winning football games.
2: Pitt, plus 425 real quick. Do you think they have a shot to make it if they win
4: out? No, because they lost to Western Michigan at home.
2: Yeah, sometimes it's that simple you can't lose those games folks uh, plus 425 pit minus 600 on the no for the Panthers to make the college football playoff but it's so intriguing we got the rankings coming out on Tuesday all these games national title implications this afternoon starting with Michigan Michigan State that one has Heisman implications and we will do a Heisman watch on the other side of the break hour number one down hour number two on the other side it is point spread Saturday here on VCD sports betting network
3: Mo Play.